Hello, creeps and freaks. Hi, freakies and creepies. Welcome back to the In the Nick of Crime podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Courtney. And we're here to bring you some true crime, some spook spook. With a tiny bit of comedy. Yeah. And some weird shit, you know. We love it. I think you should scoot your chair forward a little bit. I think that's why you're so quiet, because you're real far from your mic. (laughs) (laughs) How's that? Is that better? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. You're like, like five feet from your record. You're like, that's because my face. Hi. <laughs> that's because my mic is a beast and it just picks up everything. So I'm afraid I'm going to sound like I'm right here when I'm talking. And that's not cute. For Even then your level still wasn't that high. Okay, well, that's how I feel. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's fine. Oh my God, I'm crying. We just wanted to say how excited we are because we have actually already surpassed 600 listens, which is mind-blowing. Way past our goal. I think we were like, if we get 100 listens, we'll be super excited. Yeah. Like, And again, I know that's not a big deal for a lot of people, but for us, we didn't have... We started from scratch with this podcast. We didn't have a following going into it. You know, we didn't have any of that. And so we've really just only used the resources that we've had available to us. And so for us to already be rounding the curve on our way to a thousand listens is wild. Mind blowing. I mean, I had people be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know you were starting a podcast. Right. Yeah. Well, exactly. I didn't tell anybody. We just started it. Yeah. Because we <laughs> talked about it for so long and then we just got antsy and you know, we started going with it. So it's so exciting. And we truly just want to thank everyone from the bottom of our hearts that have listened so far. We've gotten so much great feedback from our friends and family. But if you have listened and you do have any feedback to give, please do, because we really take it and we run with it. We try to take every piece of feedback that we've gotten and we work to better ourselves every week. So anything, just let us know. Again, just don't be dicks about it. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Don't be mean to us. <laughs> No, we can handle it. We just get annoyed if you're an asshole, which it's fine. Um, But off the top, we do have our first patron on Patreon. Um, And we actually have been talking back and forth with her a lot on Instagram. Her name is Erica. Girl, you know who you are. We are fans of yours. She has sent us so Many oh, good so case many suggestions. good cases. Oh, girl has come out with so many good she cases. She sent me down a rabbit hole this morning at yes. 6 a.m. Just down a deep rabbit hole. It's yep. great. Yep. So I we've actually gotten a lot of case suggestions from three or four different people mm-hmm. at this point. So thank you guys all so much for sending them over because we love having that and we will cover all of the stuff that you guys have sent over because seriously, every single one of the cases that you guys suggested suggested words are hard, (laughs) are so awesome. Oh, they're so good. I mean, we've had suggestions for the staircase. We've Mm -hmm. had suggestions for... uh, Kendrick Johnson. Kendrick Johnson. Which is one that I want to cover. Brian Schaefer. Brian Schaefer is a big one, Mm -hmm. too. We've had that twice, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. And, I mean, technically, with one of the ones that Erica sent over, probably would go into the Keddy Cabin murders, too. Yep. Um, Oh, that one is insane. Yeah. Yeah, so we've gotten so many good ones, so please keep sending them over. We'll, of course, give all of our stuff to reach us at the end of the podcast like we always do, but we just wanted to come out with that. Um, yeah. And thank you so much, Erica, for being our first Patreon. Seriously, We really do girl, appreciate it. The like OG we said, Patreon. Yes, you are the OG, <laughs> and we're so excited. Um, but yeah, just thank you. We Seriously, 
we're just, we're so humbled and mind blown. Yeah. I think that some people didn't think that this was going to be, I don't know. I guess when people start a podcast, when their friends start a podcast or something, you wonder if you're, if it's something that they're actually (laughs) going to be good at, or it's going to be worth it, or they're taking it seriously. And we really are. Courtney and I put in hours and hours every single week into this podcast between, you know, research, picking what to edit out, listening back to the tracks after I do the editing and all of that stuff. It takes so much time. It really is like having another job. (laughs) It really is. I think I've done more research for this podcast than I ever did for school, (laughs) especially college. Like... My procrastination definitely comes out. I mean, I was a stellar student in college, but see, your we girl waited until the last possible minute to do anything. Yeah, see, I was so bad at procrastinating in college, but now I'm, you know me, I'm way ahead oh, yeah. right now, which yeah. is, I'm waiting for that train to start dying down where I'm like, <laughs> I don't feel like doing this right now. Yeah. Nope, not yet, but. uh I mean, it's exciting. Yes. It, it really is, and. Just I think that's why it's fun to research. I'm, yeah. I'm so excited with what we've gotten back from people. Yep. I'm excited to tell people about these cases. But I did go to the dentist today, and not only did I get talked to in the lobby from a lady I don't even know, I happened to mention, because I asked how long it was going to take, because I had to go record my podcast. Like, yeah. I wasn't trying to get anybody's attention right. on it. I was just like, I have shit to do. <laughs> and... All of a sudden, the lady in the lobby is asking me about her podcast, Mm -hmm. talking to me about it. And the first thing I said, because she was like, oh, it sounds like a fun hobby. And I was like, you know what? It is a fun hobby. But you know what this best part is? We get to give a voice to victims. And she looked right at me and was like, I have never heard somebody put it that way. And I was like, but that's why we do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's how so many, I mean, all of the true crime podcasts I listen to are like that. Because they don't, you get... The serial killer, and of course, yeah, or the killer, not necessarily the serial killer. And of course, that's what we talk about that too. But being that advocate for the victims, giving them a voice when they don't have one anymore, that's so important. And that's what's the most fulfilling. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, that's the best part of it. Yeah. Honestly. And I'm just pumped to keep telling their stories. Exactly. And to get their names out to, yep. you know, have them recognized. And I think that's why we tend to try to pick cases that aren't as common and well-known yes. and talked about and already done Yep, is because we want these victims that aren't as well-known to have a voice too. Yeah, a thousand percent. That's absolutely true. And we want to do a great job telling these stories. We don't want anything to feel half-assed. We want our passion in telling these stories to really come through when we are doing these episodes. And so that's why we want to do such a great job for you all and yeah that's why we take any feedback that we get and roll with it and that's why we've been trying to better our audio every single week making sure we're you know even making sure one of us isn't louder than the other making sure the track isn't too loud or too quiet that's been a consistent issue but I'm working on that but we want it to sound that's actually feedback that we've gotten is that it sounds like professionals which is such a huge compliment because we really do take so much time in listening to it and making sure that it sounds good and that there isn't anything distracting from the story aside from our tangents we know we're bad about that (laughs) which we're on one right now which is even better yeah but we wanted to thank everyone really absolutely and yeah i mean the episode we just dropped yesterday is already on a great track and it's yeah 
it's awesome. And we have listeners because we can see all of our analytics on Anchor, which is where we host our podcast through. Um, and we can see that there's listeners from all over the world, which is crazy. And granted, it's only like a couple here and there, but still, that's so awesome. I was so pumped to see Norway on that list because my (laughs) great-grandparents are buried in Norway. I have family there still. So I was so pumped to see Norway come up on that list. And I ran to my dad and I was like, look, Norway's listening. It may be one or two people, but they're listening. Exactly. Exactly. It's cool. So it's just kind of surreal. You know, we're still kind of in that phase. And again, we know we're not anything crazy right now, but we're just already surpassing what we were expecting at this point, which is really cool. And we couldn't have done that without you. Exactly, because the listeners are why we're here and why we are doing better than we anticipated. So thank you guys so much. Very long-winded way of saying thank you, but truly. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much. (laughs) Do you want right. to get into the current event? Yeah, girl. What you got for us? Oof, oof. I'm about to hit us close to home, girl. Are you ready for this? Yep. <sighs> it just, it breaks my heart because it takes me back, but... Yeah, I know. JonBenet Ramsey. Yep. Big case for those of us in Colorado. I'm, I would bet money that every single person that is from the United States has heard of this case. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure people outside of the U.S. have yeah, to. It was too. a pretty big case. Mm-hmm. Um... It's also 25 years old. Oh, gosh. I know. I was six when it happened. I know. I was she was like a few eight? months older than me, I think. Yeah, I was eight when yeah. it happened. I remember my mom hugged me so tight when that happened. She was just like, don't do this to mm-hmm. me. I was like, do what? Like, no clue, yeah, you, you know, know, right over my head. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, it's been a quarter of a century since JonBenet was found <clears throat> bludgeoned and strangled to death in her family's basement. And there's still no answer as to who's done it, there's so many different ideas. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a long time, I thought it was the brother, personally, but... Yeah, I would be lying if I said that still doesn't cross my mind. Absolutely, but what the reason why I say that it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. cross my mind as much is because just recently, um, JonBenet Ramsey's dad, John Ramsey, mm-hmm. so there's John and John, so yep. don't mix those up, he actually went to CrimeCon in mm-hmm. April... Uh, out in Vegas. Yep. Which I think is absolutely fascinating yeah. that this man is like, nope, I'm going to Vegas for this yes. crime con event. I'm going to sit in on these lectures. I'm so going to listen to what's new. to blame him, too. Oh, so many people yeah. have tried to blame him. And I can see why with some of the evidence, but I don't know. We'll Shit see. was weird. Shit was weird. Yeah. Um, so he decided that he was going to go to crime con. And when he was there, he actually sat in on a lecture talking about DNA evidence mm-hmm. and the advances that we're making in DNA evidence. And it sparked a fire in this man because yeah. apparently Boulder is refusing to release the DNA from the case, the DNA Did, evidence. I'm not even surprised. The Boulder police, they fucked up so much stuff I about this case. I think that's why they don't want to give it out. I think yeah. they botched it and they know they botched it. So yeah. they don't want to give that information out. Or, in my other opinion, I don't think they even have DNA evidence. Yeah, I would not be surprised in the least. And that's why they're hiding it. Right. In my and I mean, to opinion. be fair, that time frame, DNA evidence wasn't really a thing. However, no. they knew, like any good police department knew that. That shit was coming. They kept things. I mean, there's cops from the 60s that were keeping shit because they knew it was going to happen. So how is something in the 90s not holding on to DNA? Because what? DNA came in in 1998-ish? I think so, yeah. Somewhere in there? Sounds about right. 
And this happened so in what, 96? I think, yeah. So two years later, we're starting to get mm-hmm. DNA, and all of a sudden, they're like, mm, I don't yep, know. Exactly. Um, so basically, John, uh, John was, is quoted as saying to one of our local news media here, um, he said, somehow we've got to force the police or take it away from him, the ability to go ahead and test some of the crime scene evidence that was never tested for DNA. He knows there's evidence that Uh they never tested. They're not testing it. And he said, now why that that's never been done and will never be done by the police baffles me. Yes. The fact that her own dad is sitting here being like, it'll never be done, but I'm going to push for it anyway. She was killed inside of their house. It's not like they don't know where the crime scene was. Well, and that crime scene was fucked anyway. Exactly. Because they didn't. They didn't even coordinate off properly. No, people, like, friends and family were just walking in the right. house, walking around the house. And to be fair, a lot of that was before they found true. her. Very true. However, any... This is going to be problematic. Any police department worth a damn, any detective unit, whatever, worth a damn, would have searched that house from top to, to bottom. To Always. Yeah. That always happens. So right. how is it that they missed it? And the dad is the one who goes down into the basement to find his daughter. And then that's what they used to implicate yeah, him. Yeah, I know they That's did. the irony. I know. Of the whole damn thing. That keeps Ugh. driving me nuts. I know. But he's deciding that he's going to petition that new technology that has led to cold cases being solved um, with DNA evidence. He's, pr- he's petitioning that the po- Boulder Police Department release the evidence so that he can have it processed and actively reviewed for genetic DNA yes. outside of Colorado. I love it. I love it. I'm here I'm for all it. for it. I if will sign that petition. Pe- pe- wow. Petition? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly my mouth is not a numb do yet. you want to say it again? Or do you want to keep it in like that? I don't care. Well, I'll, I'll say it just to say it right, and you can pick. Um, petition. I don't even know what I was saying after that. <laughs> I'm fucked up. <laughs> I fucked up. You done fucked me up. I done fucked up. <laughs> you got me fucked up. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> anyway, petition. <laughs> The fact that he even has to petition to have this done is bullshit. Is bullshit. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the Boulder Police Department says it has been working with state and federal law enforcement and that it is regular ch- regularly checked for new matches. And as of last year, the with CBI... What? what? With what? If they don't have any DNA evidence from it, what are they checking it with? That's what I'm saying. And so they said that last year the CBI, so Colorado Bureau of Investigation, said that it updated 750 DNA samples connected with the case. I call bullshit. Right, because if they aren't going to give John Ramsey the DNA evidence, either they're hiding something or they don't have it. I feel like that's really Mm -hmm. the only two plausible options. Yeah. I hope that the CBI pushes for him to get it because Boulder Police can... What what are you getting from this at this point? It's not making you look any better to well, have a 25-year-old cold case. Exactly. And not only that, but, like, the cops that botched the case in the first place are probably either so high up that they're sitting at desks yeah. right now, or they're not in the force anymore and they've retired. Right. So, at this point... Right. Those cops don't even matter. So, you're the new cops in this in this precinct? Like... Yeah. 
do do what's right. And if they do have DNA evidence and then they do go and get this done through genealogy, whatever, and they solve it through evidence that they did collect, that's still good on them. Absolutely. Like, y'all collected the evidence. But I think they're not sending it out because I don't think they have it. Yeah. Or they have so little left. Or they got rid of evidence and... Because we all know evidence goes they missing. idiots to do that, though. This case, that high profile of a case, I feel like... The Ramsey role, but they John fucked and- it up from the beginning being a high profile case. They did. I mean, yeah. and they knew it was a high profile yeah, case. But I feel like they would get the pants suit off of them if they. <laughs> they did should lose anyway. It. That poor girl just needs. She justice. needs to be rested. And her mom died before they could even get answers, and, and she like, was so. And I know people have. It. People have feelings about Patsy Ramsey. I do too. I'm very conflicted on what I think about this case, but at the end yeah. of the day. If John and Patsy Ramsey had absolutely nothing to do with this, they deserve that closure. And they do anyway, man. Like, Oh, yeah. It just, it needs to be solved. I just feel like, I feel like John knows something we don't know in the sense of, like, he knows that there's not an issue with his family. And that's yeah. why he's pushing yeah. so hard. If, if, I feel like if he thought that there was any chance that it was himself, mm-hmm. his wife, or his son, he wouldn't be pushing yeah. for this. Well, and I watched a show on... I can't remember if it was Investigation Discovery for his on Amazon, um, but he it was a show about John Bidet's case, and he was on it, and they did a lot of interviews with him, and it really changed the way that I thought of the case as a whole, and it really kind of did away with any suspicion I had of him. Obviously, yeah. my my opinion doesn't matter jack shit to no, the not case, but, really does, but... Yeah, but I feel like it's had so much media scrutiny and public opinion in it, and... Well, I, and just, I feel like we haven't been given a lot of that information. Yeah, exactly. You know, the cops have been very hush-hush about this. Yes, very Every tight-lipped. documentary you watch, unless, like you said, unless you hear from John himself, like, mm-hmm. you come to a conclusion that it's the family. Yeah. The only thing I can think is if they do have a big piece of evidence and they're just waiting for a CODIS match or something, but if the person hasn't been convicted of a federal crime, they're not going to be in CODIS. Right. So get it out there with genealogy. Let's fucking go. Exactly. Golden State Killer, anyone? Yes, exactly. And we mentioned that like every fucking episode. But that episode, that- fascinating. That case blew DNA out of the water. Exactly. Like that was what made genealogy a big thing and Mm -hmm. a viable means of- finding people and yeah i just think it's a lost opportunity i agree all right girl you want to take us into uh your spooky that's all i know i only know it's spooky y'all she didn't tell me what she was doing i couldn't i don't know maybe i still have like a bad (laughs) true crime hangover after my israel keys case but i was looking at stuff that i wanted to cover and i was like i just can't so i'm going spook spook yeah, but doing? it could potentially be true crime too. Oh, okay. Who do so we it is the Bennington Triangle disappearances, <clears throat> not to be confused with the Bridgewater Triangle. It is different. Bennington Triangle. Have you heard of it? I think so, but maybe now I'm confusing it. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, or the Bermuda like, Triangle. Yeah, because I thought. Yeah, exactly. I was like, did they mistype instead of Bridgewater and they put Bennington? Nope, it is its own thing. So, the Bennington Triangle is also known as the Bennington Triangle of Vermont. So it is in Vermont. Ooh, such a pretty place. Yes, I want to go there. Oh, it's so gorgeous. Go in the fall. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Sorry, (laughs) exactly. Off track. (laughs) Already, it's fine. (laughs) Um, There is a local author to Vermont named Joseph A. Citro, and he gave the name of the Bennington Triangle to the area. Okay. So 
it's what's weird is it's an area that has two a couple different ghost towns. Yeah. So the main focal point of this spot is Glastonbury, which is in Bennington County, Vermont. Okay. So just some background on the town itself, because it is relevant. Um, Glastonbury was a small logging community that was at the base of Glastonbury Mountain. And it's actually one of the tallest mountains in Vermont, too. Oh. So it has an elevation of 3,748 feet. That's so, a hill. Yeah. I know, compared to Colorado Mountains, I was like, oh, that's so cute. Oh, it's so baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to see what that looks like. It's like a miniature mountain. Right. It's like a hill. <laughs> um, Glastonbury itself is around 27,000 acres or over 36 square miles. So, decent. Decent size. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that when it said it was a ghost town. I was like... That's a big ghost town. Yeah, I was like, that's pretty interesting. Um, in the majority of my information, I forgot to say that at the beginning, I'll have this in the source materials in the notes too, but the majority of my info came from all that's interesting.com and then happyvermont.com. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there is the, both the long trail and the Appalachian trail that you can hike on in this area. And there's also an observation tower that's on the Glastonbury mountain and it, I guess it provides really incredible views. So it is still a common place for people to hike. Um, but it, it does sound like the hikes are pretty challenging. So keep that in I'm mind. I'm looking this up while you're talking. Yeah, do it. Keep that in mind as I'm talking about the story, but I'll post some good pictures to the Instagram too. Um, at the peak of the boom of the town, <laughs> the population landed at 241 people in 1880. It's a very small little baby town. I was going to say, that's a town? Yeah. I feel like that's like a village. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the town had a school, post office, and small houses. So not really much else that I saw <laughs> in there. All right. All right. Fair enough. In its actual active boom, I guess you would say, there were two known murders in the town they both happened in the late 1800s. One was in 1892 in Fayville, and the other one was in Bickford Hollow, and that happened in 1897. Um, so that was kind of what people marked as the decline of the town and kind of the start of some weird shit. Oh, shit. That okay. was happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, the town was known for both logging and mining, obviously, in the time period. And it's... After the boom of both the logging and mining died down, um, they it became obsolete for the town. So South Glastonbury was turned into a summer resort of sorts. So it had a trolley, which I just pictured. I'm like, I love it. I can't. I just picture my mind in sepia tone. <laughs> I picture Disney. Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah, or like San Francisco that goes through Main Street. Yeah, yeah. Or San Francisco, yeah. Yep. And so it had a trolley, and then the old boarding house for the loggers of the town was turned into a hotel. And then I guess there were some apartments, too, that had been turned into a casino. <laughs> it's like, interesting mix of stuff. <laughs> that, wow, that kind of just blows my mind. You right. turn an apartment complex into a casino, and then something else into yeah. living spaces? Weird. Yeah, it's okay. weird. Anyway, I digress. So the new tourist attraction part of the town, it was actually only open for one summer season. There was a flood that happened in 1898, and it washed out the railroad tracks for the trolley, and I think there was also other trains in there too, and they weren't able to be repaired. So the resort part of it just got abandoned. They, they were like, like, all right, whatever, bye. Yeah, they said, bye, dudes. We don't know what things called roads are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was I'm just being sarcastic and right now. Just <laughs> Um, so at this point, Glastonbury in general was 
desolate. So it, but it had, it has really beautiful wilderness and it was pretty remote. So people still went there to hike, you know, it was still a common thing. I'm assuming people ventured up the mountain. Fair enough. <laughs> the hill. <laughs> Little baby mountain. The baby mountain. Um, the town became unincorporated by state legislature in 1937 due to the tiny size of the town. <laughs> and also a nearby town called Somerset was also unincorporated. But there's an author, his name is Tyler Resch, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. It's R-E-S-C-H. Um, and he finds it really weird that these towns were unincorporated when Vermont is made up of tons of tiny towns. I, that's why I have the question mark on exactly. my face. I'm yeah. trying to connect one Yeah, so one. he was like, why these ones? <laughs> Super weird, but all right. Whatever floats their boat, Keep I guess. Keep going, I guess. Yeah. Um, as of the 2020 cen- census, there were nine known residents in the town. So there are still some people. As of 2020? Yeah. There's nine nine people? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Please, I hope to God one of you is listening. Write in. Tell me what's going on in this town. Please. Tell us what it's like. Please, write in. ASAP. Well, and in 2014, it said there were eight residents. So there's one more. Also, a baby was born. (laughs) That's what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. Or a puppy came in and became mayor, one or the other. Puppy mayor, but it's unincorporated. They can't... Well, I guess they could assign their own mayor. That's why I said puppy, because usually (laughs) tiny towns like that make puppies or dogs their mayors, which is so cool. I would do that. I would, too. Um, At this time, so current day, the majority of Glastonbury is actually owned by the U.S. National Forest Service. So... Keeping it safe. Yeah. Keeping it safe. Exactly. I like it. Exactly. They're keeping it safe for some reason. <laughs> oh, crap. Here we go. Another True thing crime. that's also <laughs> weird is at the top of the mountain, there's a large stone cairn near the summit of the mountain. Okay. I don't know why I said the top and then at the summit. It's near the summit of the mountain. Sorry. <laughs> um, it's meant to guide hikers above the tree line during foggy weather. But what's weird is there aren't any rocks on the summit otherwise. Like, none. At all. There's only trees. So that means that humans had to bring those rocks up there. Are we sure it was humans, not aliens? That's, yep. Just I don't saying. know. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm gonna throw it out there. Right, exactly. But Tyler Resch, that same author that I mentioned just a bit ago, um, in his research of the area, he said that there was lo- no logical explanation for the rocks being there at so all. So it's like the pyramids. Yeah. That's, yeah. We're like Stonehenge. Oh, Stonehenge, that's I'm telling you, aliens, man. I know. Well, because he, so I was reading some stuff from him, and he's trying to kind of like be a both sides of the coin type person. I like it. And he did a lot of extensive research of the area. He's not from the general area to my understanding. So, yeah. But he said there was absolutely no logical explanation for them there. Okay. Aliens (laughs) it is. Yeah. Um, According to legendsofamerica.com, there's Native American lore that dubs the area as being cursed. I guess Native Americans in the area were super wary of the town and avoided it in general. I'm not kidding when I tell you if Native Americans <laughs> exactly. say something's fucking cursed, I'm it's not fucking, fucking with it. cursed. Exactly. Leave it alone. Exactly. I'm not fucking with it. Nope. We're good. Those people know their shit. Like, right. leave them alone. Exactly. <laughs> Trust what they have to tell you. Yes, exactly. So, now we're going to get into the disappearances, because I said it's the Bennington Triangle disappearances. So, it is like the Bermuda Triangle, just yeah. not on the water. Yep. Okay. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Oh. So we're going to kind of start in like this first one. There's like a five year span where all these people disappeared. 
And so it's kind of like the biggest span of time. I thought you're... <laughs> I thought you were looking at that and your headphones or your microphone just unplugged and I was like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> no, I was just trying to set it down. So I just the way you looked at it. It was like an oh shit look. I was like, oh my God. I hate it. She was like, fuck my life. I'm done. I fucking hate this. Go home. I don't want to talk to you yeah. ever again. Throwing all the shit away. Fuck <laughs> off. We're done. No more podcasts. Right. I we're quit. Done. I'm just kidding. We're done. You're Podcast not, over. You're not allowed to do that. Just <laughs> So, the disappearances, like I said, this was like a five-year span where shit started getting weird. And what's the five-year span from when to when? I'm going to tell you. Sorry. Sorry. I'm jumping ahead. My fault. My fault. I'm going to tell you. Okay. God. Of this five-year span, the first one happened in 1945. Okay. So, 1945, remember that. Put it in your core memories. Gotcha. (laughs) My nephew from he would call inside out Corby memories. Corby memories. <laughs> oh, I like it. Cute. So the first one in 1945, um, it was the disappearance of Mitty Rivers. This actually a man. I thought it was a woman's name at first, but it is a gentleman. Oh, I did too. Okay, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> so much for assuming. There's men who have the name Courtney as well. Yeah, so exactly. That's totally cool. Exactly. Do you boo boo? But he was a 74-year-old hunting guide, and he was a local to the area. So he knew the area. Keep that in mind. He's also a hunting guide. Yeah, so exactly. So that should say a lot. Yep. So he was leading a group of four other hunters around the Hell Hollow area. Well, it says hell in the name. <laughs> Probably should stay the fuck away. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to yell that. <laughs> but it is the Hell Hollow areas in the woods in the southwest portion of Glastonbury. So, during their trek through the woods, he went ahead of the group, and then he just disappeared. He's gone. He separated from the group. They didn't find him anywhere. So, searchers tried to locate Rivers, obviously, um, but they were unsuccessful in finding him. They were hopeful that because of his, you know, outdoors mean acumen and being a hunter and having knowledge of the area, that he would turn up on his own. Because, you know... Seemed like that would be a logical thing. Um, But he still didn't return. And so they had over 300 locals and also some U.S. Army soldiers that went to the area and searched the wilderness for over a week. And there was not a single bit of evidence or clues as to where he was at all. So just disappeared. They did find one thing. It was a cartridge that matched the type of gun cartridge that Rivers used, but that was it. And that could have just been a coincidence too, honestly. If it wasn't a rare... Was it an empty cartridge? I don't know. It didn't say, actually. I was just curious. Yeah. If it was, would also it would be more curious. But they didn't find anything else. The year after that, so it would be 1946, Paula Weldon went missing. And her disappearance is actually considered one of the most infamous in Vermont's history. I remember hearing her name, but I didn't really know anything about the case. Um, but she was an 18-year-old Bennington College student, and one day she decided to go hike on a portion of the Long Trail. Um, this was during her Thanksgiving break, so she went by herself. I guess, like, all her yeah, friends well, were Yeah, well, there's home. probably nobody there. Exactly. I mean, yeah, so she went by herself. Um, but she was last seen on December 1st of 1946, and she didn't show up for her classes the following Monday, and so obviously that set an alarm, you know, alarms off. And there was over a thousand people that ended up searching for her, for her. And there was a reward of five thousand dollars put up for information on her disappearance. Because that's a lot of money for that time. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money anyway, but in the 1940s, that was a lot. Um, but there were aircrafts that aided in the search as well. There was a number of law enforcement officials, and there was a ton of civilians that aided in the search for her. And again, there is absolutely no sign of her whatsoever. And her case is still open today. That's but, insane. Yeah. So I'm just trying to see how much that money is. I'm just curious. Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow. So $5,000 in 1946 equates to about $74,130.51 in today's money. That is a ton. And I'm not sure who put it up. I don't know if it was family or what, but that is, that's a ton. That's an increase of $69,000. And then exactly, exactly to the day, three years after Paula's disappearance on December 1st, 1949, 68-year-old James E. Tedford vanished. This was wild. (laughs) So he got on a bus to Bennington after he was visiting some relatives in St. Albans, Vermont. So there were several eyewitnesses on the bus that saw Tedford seated throughout the route. The bus driver even said that he saw him there up until the last stop of the route. And I don't know why I said route like that. Of the route. (laughs) The route. Or route. Depends on where you're from. I feel like I interchange route and route. The route. But when the bus pulled up to Bennington, Tedford was gone from the bus. Totally gone. And the bus driver saw him on the bus <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> so witnesses that were there said they saw Tedford's luggage, luggage and a bus timetable. So I'm assuming that's just the schedule of it. That were still on the seat where he was the entire time through the trip. And allthingsinteresting.com says, quote, if the witnesses are correct, Tedford would have disappeared from his seat as the bus was traveling down Route 7 from through the Bennington Triangle, end quote. <laughs> Courtney, <laughs> she just did mind blown. <laughs> Sorry, I had no words. It was it's just weird. Physical showing you what's going right. on right now. Like, exactly. My mind is blown. Exactly. When I was reading this, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm it's a so firm weird. believer in alternate universes. Yeah. It just reminded me, have you ever... Oh my god. Why can't I fucking think of words? My brain is so fried. Manifest. Have you ever watched Manifest? I have. Isn't that the one where they're on the airplane yes. and then they disappear for yeah. like five years and yep. then they come back and everyone's Fantastic like, where'd you go? Show. Yeah, I'm so glad Netflix bought it for another season because the way it ended on a cliffhanger, I was so mad. But yes, that's what it reminded me of. Like, just... Disappeared. I'm telling you, man, there's portals. Watch out. Yep. So, obviously, that whole disappearance was considered possibly paranormal. That's supernatural as shit. where the fuck would he have gone? Have you ever watched Supernatural? I used to. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed back with Supernatural. Back in the day. But that reminds yeah. me of Supernatural, yeah. where, like, they would have a case because there's a shit ton of people missing in this triangle. Yep. <laughs> and then they find out it's some supernatural being transporting people from yep. one place to another. Exactly. And then, almost a year after Tedford vanished, in October of 1950, Paul Jepson, who was an eight-year-old boy, went missing oh. from the area. So he was... This story's kind of weird, and I was trying to like pinpoint where he was at, but it said he was playing in his family's truck while his mother went to take care of Pigs at the dump where she and her husband were caretakers. That's literally what it said. So I was trying to, like, <laughs> make all that compute. I mean, pigs eat pretty much anything. We know this, so yeah, maybe that's what I'm like, why were they living at the dump? <laughs> that 
that's they weren't living at it. The you pigs. It. Oh, because they, they were probably, caretakers at the dump. Probably cleaning up shit. That but they people. were caretakers for the pigs I know. at the dump. I told you, pigs eat everything, so they probably had them know, out there just eating shit. I'm like, why aren't they in a pen? Probably because they're just like, there's these pigs at this dump. Can someone take care of them? Maybe they're wild pigs. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> anyway, so he's playing in the family's truck <laughs> while his mom's at the dump taking care of the pigs. You can't her, say that for a straight face. husband. We're both caretakers for the dump pigs. <laughs> <laughs> you mildly laughed very quietly, but you did it. Yes, the it's pigs in the dump so got you. Bizarre. Anyway. It is very bizarre. <laughs> you are correct. This also, this whole one wasn't necessarily substantiated either, so grain of salt. But when she got back, Paul had vanished and there was absolutely no evidence that was left behind. So... Again, hundreds of locals helped look for him. Police even brought in a bloodhound that tried to track him too. Um, the dog was able to track his scent for a really short period of time, but the scent was lost at a crossroads that was nearby. Um, so there was some speculation that Paul may have been abducted by someone in a car. That's know. exactly what came to my exactly. mind, to be honest with you. Yeah, because that abrupt of an end to a scent trail. Especially on a road with yep. a crossroad, that exactly. makes complete sense. Unless you're also thinking paranormal. Uh, there is a crossroads demon. Just saying. Woof. Again, supernatural. Yep. But it's true <laughs> lore as well that yeah. there's a crossroads demon. So yep. just saying, watch out. Yep, exactly. Don't make deals with the devil, y'all. Exactly. But with his disappearance, there were some rumors that came around that Paul's parents killed him and fed him to the pigs they cared for. Mm, it's plausible. Yeah. But his parents insisted that there is no foul play on their part at all. His father said that it was maybe, quote, the lure of the mountains, unquote, that led to his disappearance. I guess the days before he went missing, he was talking about the mountains incessantly. So. He almost makes it sound like the mountains are like sirens. It's, that's the vibe I get with these mountains. They're real fucking weird. So they're going to talk to me? I may be, man. Oof. Draw you in. I'm not ready. You want to eat your soul? No, I want my soul. <laughs> Only a couple weeks after Paul vanished, 53-year-old Frida Langer was added to the list of the disappearances. So this was still within that five-year period of time. Um, Langer was a very seasoned hiker and was a survivalist as well. So keep that in mind. She went missing from the Somerset area, which, if you remember, was one of the other tiny towns that was unincorporated. But it was attached to the Long Trail, I guess, that area. Um, and the Long Trail was along the east border of Glastonbury. So this is another Long Trail disappearance? Yes. Okay. Yep. And I'll try to find a good, like, visual representation of where these are all at in comparison to each other to put on the Instagram as well. But Frida went for a hike about half a mile. She went to hike, sorry, about half a mile with her cousin, Herbert Eisner. Um, while they were out hiking, though, she fell into a stream. So she went back to their camp to get some dry clothes, obviously. Makes sense. Yeah, to be more comfortable. And I guess her husband was waiting there at the camp because he had hurt his knee. So he wasn't able to hike with Frida and her cousin. Um, but I guess on the way back, she just vanished. And so her husband and her cousin didn't see her ever again at all. Just poof, gone. I'm telling you, she tripped and fell into a portal. Queenie, stop foreshadowing, you hoe. 
Sorry, my bad. Yeah, hussy. My bad. Ooh, ooh, hussy. <laughs> In the search for Frida, the Connecticut Coast Guard and the U.S. Army out of Massachusetts both dispatched helicopters to aid in her search, and there were also local citizens who used their own aircrafts. Because Flex having their own aircrafts. Okay. And the Vermont Aeronautics Commission also came out to help. And there was over 400 people total that helped try to find her, but like the others, they found absolutely nothing pertaining to her disappearance. Okay. Yeah, and there was no evidence at all. Nothing. That could have led to what happened. So Like nothing left behind at all. Nope. Jack shit. Absolutely nothing. Okay. Yep. So six months after Frida Langer went missing, however, she did become the first disappearance of the Bennington Triangle to actually have a body turn up. Her body was found near the Somerset Reservoir. The strange thing about the area, though, is that it was quite open a quite open area, and it had been searched extensively during the previous months. So, she wasn't there before. And then six months later, they found her. Just chilling? Yep. And... Did you say she was alive? No. It was her body. She was deceased, unfortunately. Oh, bummer. Okay. And her body was also so badly decomposed that they couldn't determine the cause of death. So, again, just more speculation. It's crazy. (laughs) I could just see Courtney processing. (laughs) Sorry, I'm really trying to wrap my head I around know. this. I know, you can't. There's no logical No, and I really, like, of course. I know, I had to turn this me. off in the, like, logical type A part of my brain, and I just had to be like, I think for me, it's it the is. same thing it was for you with the Holmes case, oh, yeah. where, like, yep. I have to keep reminding myself what time we're in. So this yep. is 1949 at this point, 49? Yeah, okay. or 1950 50? at this point. Okay, so yeah. even 1950, we're still babies in, tr- yeah. in CSI work, you know? Yeah. Well, so, even then, they still could have, they still were able to, you know, determine causes of death in some manner, right. but she was so decomposed. That would have even been hard in this day and age to determine Oh, absolutely. Cause of death. But still, that's just yeah. crazy. I know. Wow. Okay. Yep, but that's exactly what my brain did with the home stuff. Like, make it make sense. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, crazy. Um, there was also, this wasn't in that same five year span, but I still thought it was worth noting, but there was also a story of a man named Carol Herrick who went missing in 1943. Um, he went missing during a hunting trip about 10 miles Northeast of Glastonbury and his body was discovered three days later. So he, of the people in that five year span, Frida Langer was the only one who had body found, but this gentleman, his body was found, but it's reported that it was surrounded by huge footprints and that it looked like he'd been squeezed to death. Oh, we're going into Sasquatch territory? Yep, Let's sure freaking go. Bigfoot has entered the chat. Oh, oh, <laughs> we got aliens. We got Bigfoot. We got disappearances. Oh, we, we got portals. Yep. Y'all, we got this. Let's go. Yep. So now I'm going to get into the theories about the triangle. This is my favorite. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. Let's go. <laughs> So, obviously, there have been a ton of people that have believed the disappearances were due to either foul play or paranormal happenings. There kind of isn't a middle camp. Obviously, how could you have a middle Mm -mm. opinion of that? Those are holding hands and skipping. Exactly. Exactly. So, there are actually a number of UFO and Bigfoot sightings that have been reported in the area. Those who don't believe that these disappearances instances, words are hard, geez, were due to paranormal things, they feel that there might have actually been a serial killer in the area. 
It's plausible. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely I is. I love that word. I got it from Mythbusters, by plausible? the way. Plausible? Yeah. You didn't have that word before? No. <laughs> Mythbusters would be the ones. Because they're all about hypotheses. Yes. And proving their hypotheses. And if they can't prove it or disprove yep. it, they call it... Plausible. Plausible. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's deniability's in there, but yeah. Yeah, that's where I learned it. <laughs> Sorry, that's random t- information for you, but that's truly where I learned that word. Nuggets not the dictionary, not you school. Can. Mythbusters. Love it. As long as you're learning, man. I'm mm. here for it. So, yeah, there were some people that thought that there may have been a serial killer at work at that time in the area. But the problem with that theory is that there's no evidence that points to that. There's virtually no victim profile that would have fit a serial killer at that time. Unless it was just someone that hadn't been found, but it's kind of a la Israel Keys. Whole bunch of different kinds of people. And that motherfucker would just wait for people hiking in the woods. So possible. Maybe it's Israel Keys in past life. Plausible. Plausible. <laughs> Word of the day. Plausible. Plausible. So another theory that people have surrounding the disappearances is that people think that there may have been wildlife that had been involved, like bobcats or lynxes, but... Oh, every time I go to say plausible, you got a butt. <laughs> wow, that did not work out right when that came every out of my mouth. Every time I say plausible, you have a butt. <laughs> I always have a butt. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck me. Fuck this recording. <laughs> I'm going to throw the whole thing away. Oh, my eyes hurt from laughing. <laughs> You're gonna stop. Oh my god. You're gonna <laughs> I have never heard somebody make fucking say my eyes hurt from laughing. So another theory that people have um, is that wildlife may be involved, like bobcats or lynxes. But they aren't known to be particularly aggressive to humans. So. Not necessarily. Right. Usually you have to piss them off. Yeah. So I think it's people just trying to find a logical explanation for things. <laughs> um, there are other theories, though, that Glastonbury Mountain is an energy vortex or exists in an alternate dimension. That's my alley. Let's fucking go. Love it. Yes, so. yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> There is also a story of a cursed boulder on the mountain that swallows hikers and then goes into a bottomless pit. So this can actually also be linked to an Algonquin legend. And it says, quote, that it's about a malevolent stone in the mountains that would open up and devour anyone unlucky enough to step on it. Unquote. So the Algonquins go way back and that actually goes back to the Native American Feelings, superstitions about the area. You threw the Native Americans in there. Before that, mm-hmm. I was going to be like, that's pretty far-fetched. And then you said Native Americans. And again, yep. I will trust them 100%. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you say so, I'm in. Yep. I believe it. <laughs> there are also stories of a monster who lives in the woods of the mountain. This monster is also known as the Bennington Monster. But it may also be an iteration of the Bigfoot sightings that have been in the area. Okay. There's actually a story from the early 1800s that says that a stagecoach that that was full of passengers was knocked over by a monster with footprints that were too large to be a human's. And the passengers said that they could only see a pair of eyes before the monster, quote, roared and ran off into the forest, unquote. You know, for the time, I still feel like it's pretty 
crazy. I mean, in that time, I feel like they didn't really get that nuts with their stories, you know? Yes and no. I don't know. I, ugh. It's hard for me. It's easier for me now because I'm like Nessie, Bigfoot. Yeah. Like, yeah. We have documented stuff that's right. Well, that a lot of people don't but agree with. But they think with, that but, it could have been Bigfoot. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. It's hard for me to think of it back then being a possibility versus mm-hmm. now. But at the same time, why can't it be? Yeah, because those types of creatures show up in mythology. It's just they're called different things. So who knows how long they've been around. I want to know how many Bigfoot there are. Big feet, Bigfootses, Big feetsies. Big tootsies. <laughs> because there's not just one bitch. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. The Loch Ness Monster, she's got her own thing. Nessie's big chillin', man. Yeah. She loves her life. Scotland. It's Scotland. Oh, that was a terrible one out. Don't use that. Scotland. You're good at that. That's the only thing I can say with the Scottish accent in Scotland. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, kind of going back to the people that vanished, the only real links that you can make between all of them is the time of day that they vanished. Okay. <clears throat> so, they're all last seen between 3 and 4 p.m. on their respective days. All of them? That's what it says. Again, it's a long time ago, so grain of salt, but that is what it says. Okay. <clears throat> My sources. Okay. And they also were all within the last few months of their respective years. I was going to actually ask you about that earlier because yeah, I noticed it was like October, October and December. December. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yep. Okay. So, so maybe we have a fall slash early winter cereal Yeah. Time? Or like an equinox Ooh, type vibe going bring on. Bring that shit in. Let's go. Let's go. Let's motherfucking go. Yeah. But aside from that, there's jack shit in the way of similarities. So that's the only thing that they yep. have. Huh. Yeah. And, I mean, the two, like, the first and the last one were avid hikers, but, I mean, everyone that went there except for the little boy that disappeared was a hiker in some form. I mean, and this is not a diss on avid hikers, but, like, even avid hikers. In fact, I feel like avid hikers are the ones that disappear the most. Yeah, because they do tend to take more risks. They do. They're very risky. And not saying that's the bad thing. Like, do you, boo? Like, I give you mad props because I couldn't hike, but I do find that hikers are the ones that, like, avid hikers get missing. Exactly. But with all of this in mind, because of the lack of any evidence whatsoever, pretty much, and any evidence of foul play for them, the paranormal theories are what tend to be the most popular. So, last thing. Recent findings and incidents that have happened in the Triangle. Not much, but it's still pretty cool. You got some recent ones? Yeah. Okay. So, there have been voices that have allegedly come through dead air radio in the area. Oh, I believe in that shit, bro. Yep. Dead, I will never listen to dead air radio. You couldn't pay me. It comes to those things, too. Well, yeah, that too. But I that freaks me out. Like, AM radios in general freak My me out. My dad does ham radios and <clears throat> loves it. And I'm like, that's absolutely terrifying. Freaks me out. Freaks me out. Don't like it. If you've ever seen the movie Joyride, I, I know have. it's like CB radios, but candy cane. <laughs> oh, if you could see my face right now. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. So, aside from that, there have also been sightings of figures, there have been mysterious plane crashes, and navigation issues that can't be explained. So, again, like some manifest shit, some Bermuda Triangle, some Bridgewater Triangle shit. Like, it's just one of those things. Telling you, man. (coughs) Yeah. If that that vortex is off, it's going to fuck you up. Exactly. So, it's become fascination with people that are interested in the paranormal and the unexplained. Um, and the fact that the town is pretty much 
abandoned aside from nine people living there and then it's so desolate that just kind of adds to it and because it's a ghost town and it's unincorporated shit's weird no it's because the native american straight up came out and said this shit's cursed don't be here but that was before it even that was well before it became unincorporated but that's what i'm saying too. like that's what i'm saying like you shouldn't have had anything anyway yeah. and i'm sorry anything on the east coast that shit's probably cursed anyway because you bitches came in and took land that wasn't yours. Fuckers. That would also be our ancestors. <laughs> and they're bitches. Facts. They're actually not really mine. Fuck. Yeah, no, so I don't claim those bitches. That's the moral of my story because they're not my ancestors. Yeah, I don't think they're mine either. So I They may have been at some point because my dad's dad, his family is... Irish, but I don't. I think they had been here for a while, so maybe a small part of it. But uh, yeah, I think my mom's ancestors from Ireland and England came much later. Yeah, than that, but I don't know. I'll have to ask. I gotta look on my ancestry dot com. <laughs> that shit's the we just tits. said at the same time. <laughs> I know that shit's the tits. No, that's not an ad. But if they want to hit us up with an ad, let's go. I don't think I've ever heard ancestry dot com sponsor have. a podcast. Have you? Mm-hmm. Cool. Maybe it's just not the ones I listen. I've heard twenty three and me too. Yeah, I've heard that. Yep. But that's my scoop. <laughs> my scoopy spooky story. <laughs> wow. I don't know why Words I have saying today. spooky. Words are hard today. They are. Scoopy. It's fine. It's my spooky story. I liked it. Me too. It was, it was cool. Yeah. I came across it and I was like, oh, yes. I kept looking stuff up on my phone. I was like, what is yeah. she talking about? What yeah, about? it's fascinating. I'll try to find some really good pictures to post on our stories and on the Instagram post too when the episode goes live. But that's so pumped. I'm I'm excited about that. That was a yeah. great story, dude. I liked it a lot. And we'll be back into the true crime next week, but I think we both just kind of needed a oh, oh, we're back in the true crime. Don't you worry. <laughs> I've already started. Yeah. No worries. Boy, my next case is a true crime. I already know what I'm doing next week. Or for my next one. It's gonna get wild. Wild. So that brings us to the end of the show. And I wanted to say, if you want to become a patron, bitch, you better. Because we're doing bonus content. We're actually recording a bonus episode now that's going on the Patreon. And you can only hear it if you go on the Patreon. You can only hear it right now if you're Erica or Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. Bitches. But really, if you want to become a patron, we really like it. <laughs> and honestly, like that Patreon money, just so you guys know, doesn't go to us directly. That yeah. comes to help our podcast. Yep. So our equipment, updating our computers, if we yep. need a program that costs money, like that's what that's for. Research it's too. Research even. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not for us personally. So yep. promise you it's not going to a, it will, a bad place. Yeah. It will all go to bettering the podcast. But if you would like to find us on Patreon, it is www.patreon.com slash in the nick of crime. Please also send us your case suggestions or even stories. We've gotten so many great case suggestions already. But if you have any crazy stories too, send them over to us. We would love to tell your story. Yeah. I know a lot of podcasts do that, but it's so fun. and it Those just, are some of my favorite episodes. Yeah, it's such a cool way to connect with your audience. So that's really why we want to. We don't want to try to you know, be like other podcasts, but we just want to have that as a way to connect with you all. So if you do have anything, you can email that to us at in the nick of crime podcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, 
we do post some cool stuff on our Instagram. We like to have fun. Um, but our Instagram is at Nick of Crime Podcast. All spelled together. No underscores, no dashes. None of it. So find us. Talk to us. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us your case suggestions that you would like to hear. Any of that. Absolutely. Keep listening, guys. We love you. Yes, we do. We're here for it. So keep it creepy. Stay freaky. And we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.